morning, everyone. I picked this shirt out without realizing that it was red, white, and blue. Aren't I smart? It's great to see you today, and uh, you know we have a potluck after. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully, you can stick around. Um, there's a, a few points of business before I, I get to my message today, which is called One Nation Under God. One Nation Under God. You know, uh, I, I called this message uh, One Nation Under God. I thought of it because of the Pledge of Allegiance. Do they do that in schools anymore? They do? Oh, that's good. I wonder if they do that all over the country. You know, I think there's a lot of different attitudes about stuff like this. But, you know, I just remember every day, every day, the first thing we do is I pledge allegiance to the flag. And it was always one nation under God. Right? One nation under God. And I remember playing as a kid, and a lot of my pretending was you know, based on real life situations. And so, you know, we'd pretend and there was a war. We'd pretend and there was like business. Yeah, how many of you ever played uh, Capture the Flag? I loved that game. And it was like this great war, this strategic war. You know, it's, it's, you know now they have it on, you know, on electronic games. But back then it was like kids really running and doing things, right? And and we'd run, and we'd capture the flag, and we'd have strategies, and we'd have a government. We'd have a leader on every side, and there'd be rules, and, you know, you'd get thrown in jail if you got tagged. And there was all this stuff, this organizational stuff, that pretty much organically we understood was an important part of life, and we started imitating it as kids. Did you? Yeah, I think you probably did as well. And, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about. One nation under God. We're talking about government. And, and uh, you know, government comes from a governor. Did you know that? And a governor, that, that phrase, that word is actually from the Greek. And it has to do with the rudder on a ship guiding things. Guiding things. And that's kind of what government is about although it doesn't seem like it sometimes, that's what it's supposed to be about, is guiding the group, guiding the greater, greater good of everyone so that we can all be able to move forward in a way that is not going to crash us against the rocks, right? It's not going to uh, crash us into the sand so we're stuck. And, and so that's what we're looking about, is, is one nation under God. But God's government is very different it's very different. And, and, you know, Jesus, you know, was, was talking with the leaders and, and he's saying, you know, the leaders were saying, you know, you could probably just kind of, if you really are God, you could probably just say this or that and, and it would be all over and, and, and you'd be free. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. And that's what we're looking at today is God's government, how it plays into the government of man, and how it essentially is for our good, is for our good. You know, God's government is so very different than the government of this world. When you look at values and you think, okay, what's important? In government, it is very different than in the kingdom, isn't it? And also goals. What are the goals? And the, the goals in government are many times very different 
than the goals in the kingdom of God. And even more so is methodology, how we do things. How we do things is so very different. And, you know, this example of Jesus, you know, he could have called so all the angels to attention and said, protect me from what is happening right now. But instead, he didn't because he knew that there was a higher purpose. And so because of that, there was a different methodology, not one of force, but one of authority that was found in the kingdom of God. And because God's kingdom is not of this world, things look differently. So I just want to just fill you in. If you haven't been here for a while, we're doing a sermon series on what we believe, credo, uh, what the Foursquare Church believes, which is the group of churches that we're affiliated with, what we believe, which is so very important. And Neil Anderson says this, you can't consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with what you believe. And that's a pretty profound statement. If you believe something, you're going to probably take action towards that in a way that can bring change and and you can implement into your life or the lives of others. If you don't believe something, you're probably not going to take any action on it. So the whys, the whys are so very important, W-H-Y-S. The whys are so very important because it guides our life. It guides our life. So let's look at what Foursquare believes about government. This is what it says. This is what we say on our website. This is what Foursquare says on their website, our greater uh, group of churches. We believe that the civil government is of divine appointment for the interest and good order of human society, and that governors and rulers should be prayed for, obeyed, and upheld at all times except only in things opposed to the will of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is a ruler of the conscience of his people. I like the way that's placed. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray. Lord, we just bring this to you, and we thank you that you are King of kings, Lord of lords. We talked about the authority. We talked about uh, there is no name greater than your name. We talked about the fact that you are the miracle worker. You are the all-powerful God. That's, that's what we sung about. And so right now, we just uh, surrender to you. We surrender to your will. And, you know, we sometimes have thoughts that are not your thoughts. That's what the Word of God says, the Bible says. We have ideas and thoughts that, that are not yours. And, and God, I pray for all of us that we would hear your thoughts today on government and how it applies to our life, and we would be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Government was instituted by God, but politics was instituted by man. Have you heard that phrase? It's been kind of going around a little. Government is one thing, politics is another. Last year, there were a lot of politics and not much governance. You guys agree? Yeah, I thought I'd get a lot of agreement on that. You know, raise your hands if you are sick of the divisiveness that has taken over our country. We are sick of it because it brings such problems with it. You know, there's a story of the Tower of Babel. 
And, you know, here this is, this great community. They're really organized. They've got it down. They are united. And they're starting to build this tower. But because of their pride, God says, hmm, this is probably not a good idea. It's really going to hurt them. This pride is really going to hurt them. And, and so we probably shouldn't let them build this big thing. So you know what he does? He does a very simple thing. He causes division. He causes confusion in the group, and they immediately stop the building. And that's what's going on in the world today, especially in our country. There is a lot of division. And so there's not much productive governing going on because of this division. And so what we want to look at is how we can address the concept of government in a way that is going to bring the results that are not just going to be temporary results, but they're going to be eternal results in our life. So let's look at this. We're going to look at this scripture in in Romans 13 right now, verses 1 through 5, and then I have a few more scriptures for us. And uh, the first four principles that, that I'm going to talk about after I read this scripture are coming from, from Romans 13, and then there'll be one that's kind of a conclusion that's based on the concepts that we find in this scripture. So let me read this to you. It says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Principle one of governing. God is the ultimate governor. God is the ultimate governor. Again, Romans 13.1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Two things here that are so important. First is God has all authority. Amen? He has all authority. There isn't like God has a lot of authority and our governors or ourselves or the leaders of our home, we have some authority. God has all authority. All authority. That is an important thing to understand as we walk through this concept of governance. Because if God has all the authority, then anybody who is using authority, it has to come from him. And that's the second point. Only God establishes authority. There isn't someone that can rise up and say, okay, I am doing this apart from God, and I'm going to put the stake in the ground and say, I'm in charge now. Because that person who says, I'm in charge now, 
actually is not saying that by his own authority because he has none. He is saying it because the authority of God. Even if we don't like him. We'll talk a little more about that. I think you might be interested to hear what I have to say. John 19.11 says this, you would have no power, this is Jesus talking, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Every power, every power is given by God. Every power. I know you're thinking right now, yeah, but, yeah, but. How many of you are thinking, yeah, but? <laughs> yeah, but my mom, no. <laughs> yeah, but the governor, the president, whoever, yeah, but. Every authority is given by God. Consequently, we are all under God's authority, regardless of our position. So you might think you have the greatest authority. You might be a governor in this state. You might be the president of the United States. And, and you might think, well, I pretty much, I'm the most powerful person in the world. I, I run the most powerful nation in the world. And that person would have a serious error in the way of their thinking, because they are all under, no matter how powerful you are, you are all under God's authority. Revelation in 1916 says, talking about Jesus on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I love that phrase. Don't you love that phrase? Yeah? It's, it's a fantastic thing. It, it says to me that, that I don't have to worry that there's some authority out there that, that is greater than the authority of the King of Kings or the Lord of Lords. He is the one, God Almighty, who leads us every single day. He has authorization that the sun would rise and the moon would move and the stars would hang in their, in their place and that we would take our breath, that we would be able to take our steps, that I would be able to say my next word is all by the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we have nothing to worry about because of that, because God is good. Amen. It says in Hebrews that he must believe that, that he exists, that God exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God exists. He is all-powerful, almighty, glorious, eternal God of gods. And he uses all that power, all that authority for the greater purpose of blessing those that follow him. That's a great thing to know that that powerful God is that incredibly good. What area in your life right now are you struggling with? You wonder, gee, you know, what, what's going to happen in my life? What's going to happen in my marriage? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen with my finances? What's going to happen at work? What's going to happen with my health? Well, guess what? The Lord of lords and the King of kings, the great God who loves you with an everlasting love, is in control of every single one of those things. Praise God. We could just cast, somebody told me this yesterday. Who was it? I don't remember. But about casting your cares upon the Lord. Cast. It's not just like a, a toss. It's like a, ah, 
I got to get rid of this stuff. I got to give it to God. Cast your cares upon God because he cares for you. What do you have to give to the Lord today? He is the leader. He is the one who governs everything. He has all authority and he is watching over you. He is not some uh, evil dictator. He is not one that selfishly is looking after his own well-being. He died on the cross for our sins. He is not selfishly thinking, I want this or I want that. He is directly looking at each one of us and saying, I want the best for my child. And he calls you by name. He knows you by name. And he is delighted in who you are. Do you believe that? Because that's who he is. You might think your circumstances are circumstances that might say otherwise. Well, guess what? Our God is greater than your circumstances. Our God is glorious. And he is watching over you in a way that no other being in all of existence ever could. So whatever you're facing right now, you're facing with the incredible love of God. Incredible love of God. I have no idea where I am. That was like totally. I needed to hear that today. How about you? Yeah. So God has all authority. And, you know, he, he, he said about himself, I am who I am. That's a very interesting phrase. He, he, he didn't just describe himself that way. He said that was his name. And, and what that really means is uh, it, it, it's, it's a, a theological concept called aseity, which, which means that he, he is from himselfness. Isn't that a crazy way to put something? <laughs> he is from himselfness. He is complete in himself. He has all authority. He doesn't need us one bit, but he desires us. And that's why he has all authority. Because he is who he is. He doesn't require anything. In order to exist for all eternity, he requires nothing. He doesn't require air. He doesn't require our love. He doesn't require time, space, matter. These are all things we require, right? We require air. <gasps> Take a breath. We require that every single day, right? But he requires nothing. He is who he is. And that's why he has all authority. All things, all things are his. Acts 17 says this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He made everything. Everything. He is the one who made it. And he does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else, everything else, everything. He gives everything that we could have life. And so that's why he's the governor, because there is no one with authority above him. There is no one at all. 
Governing principle number two, God has delegated authority. Oh, we don't like that. Get delegated authority and rebelling against it brings judgment. Verse 2 of Romans 13 says this, Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. God delegates authority. He says, okay, President of the United States, you are going to have this authority, but you can't go beyond it. He says, okay, boss of whatever company you work at, you have this authority to lead this area, and you must not go beyond it. God delegates his authority. They don't, that is like a borrowing, right? They don't own that authority. They are borrowing that authority from God himself, who says, okay, you can have this authority. And so they're responsible to God for what they do, right? They are accountable to God because God is basically saying here, I will give you a talent. I will give you five talents. See what you do with this. See what you do with this. Breaking the laws of God's institute authority brings judgment, though. Because you are not just breaking the law that, of the person that has received the delegated aspect of authority. You are breaking God's law. Because we see God is the one with all authority. He is passing it on to those that now have been given a limited amount of authority. And if we reject that, if we repel from that, then there's judgment on us. So God has delegated authority and rebelling against it brings judgment. Consequently, if you break the law, you are ultimately rebelling against God. And you don't get a pass just because you don't like what they say or you think it's stupid. Yeah? Raise your hand. I've done that. <laughs> That's stupid. I don't need to do that. Except in one instance. What instance is that? Say it louder. Going against God. Thank you. Thank you. Going against God's authority. A great example of that is Peter and John. They're before the Jewish leaders in Acts chapter 4. And they're being told, hey, dudes, you can't talk about Jesus anymore. It's too problematic in our society. And we like the way things are. We don't want things to change. And so we don't want you to, we'll release you, but you can't talk anymore about this. And this is what they say, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you, the leaders, or to him, God himself. You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. If the authorities go against God's will, then you can resist. Otherwise, you must not because of judgment. So we need to look at these things that are, that are things that are not popular in our eyes. Taxes and speed limits and, man, all these things that are 
they're just not popular. You know, why do we have to do it? I don't like what they do with this money. I don't like it, but it's, it's the law. And so we do it, right? And speeding is the law, not the speed. <laughs> is the law, right? It's important that we, that we follow God's ways, you know? I'll tell you, I like not speeding because I don't have to look around all the time. Who's, what's behind me? What's in front of me? Where's that, where's that speeding gun? What do they call those things? Radar guns. Where's that radar gun? Is it around here? Oh, do you have one? I'm not going to say it. You might have one on your car, you know, warning you about something that's coming up. It's so much nicer to just kind of follow the speed, and then you don't have to look around all the time. Okay, you could vote me off the island now. <laughs> okay, point number three, governing principle number three, God's servant is for your good. I know you might be saying, no way, I can't do that. I don't believe that. But this is what the Bible says. Verse 3 in Romans 13 says, For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what's right, and you will be commended for it. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Obeying authority brings peace. Disobeying brings fear. When I was in rebellion, I did a lot of illicit drugs. I was in Los Angeles, and I was kind of out of my mind. But I would drive around with drugs in my car all the time. I'm constantly looking over my shoulder. It's much worse than speeding. <laughs> over my shoulder. Is there anybody around there? Anybody around there? You know, because if I got stopped with what was in my car, I'd be in a lot of trouble. So we, we know that obeying our leaders is for our good. I remember when we got married, I was following the Lord then, but I, but I still had a lot of issues in my life, and some of them were financial, like with the IRS type of financial I won't ask you to raise your hands if you have anything like that. But, you know, I, had, I think I had like four years that I hadn't paid, and Cynthia just rolled her eyes. What did she get herself into? And, you know, I was afraid because every time I get a piece of mail from the government, I think that's it. They're ready to arrest me. Turn yourself in. You know, it's so nice to get that off my plate and to know that, you know, I wasn't resisting what the authority was saying I needed to do, but I was uh, surrendering uh, in my way and obeying in my way. And because of that, I had peace. I have peace when I drive the car right now. I have peace when I sign the check to the, well, kind of, when I sign the check to the IRS. Man, that's a lot. <laughs> but God, it's, it's for our good. And this is where I'm getting with this thing, you guys. It's for our good. You know, even, even bad leaders sometimes are for our good. I know we don't want to hear that, but if we look in Israel's history, we see that God allowed bad leaders in Israel's history that brought them punishment so that they would return to God, which is, of course, the greater good, right? They were busy doing their own stupid thing, like I do, but God 
God allowed these leaders in, even if they weren't good, so that we could grow and we can repent. God disciplines those that he what? Loves. Come on, that's crazy, huh? He loves us, and so he disciplines us so that we get under his authority once again. And this is where I'm going with this, you guys. I like government. I'm semi-patriotic, you know. But I, I love the kingdom of God a lot better. And I love the fact that what, what the government that he's released to this world, the government that we are a part of here in the U.S., is a government, they don't know it. You think in Washington they know that the government that's been established in this country is to help bring people to a saving knowledge of Christ? You think they get that? I don't think so. But we can know that. We can know that that it's God's government that is bringing us to this place. It is for our good. You know, uh, your bad boss might be a blessing to you. Possible? I think so. And you know that phrase, iron sharpens iron? I always thought that phrase meant like all the good parts of me are going to sharpen and help the good parts of you. But guess what? It also means all the crappy parts of me are going to help you to get patience and to forgive, right? All these things that are so important for the kingdom of God. So my bad stuff is going to help you out. So next time you complain to me, just remember that. Principle number four, God disciplines those he loves. We kind of talked a little about this already in Romans 13. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear their sword for no reason. They are God's servants. God's servants. Whose servants? God's servants. I know that is abrasive to us. We just want to think, you know, somehow they wangled their way into being in power somewhere. But here the word of God is saying it's, they're God's servants. Agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Here we have this scripture kind of pointing in the direction that I want to close in in a few minutes. And that is, is that this is a matter of conscience. God has placed government authority in our lives so that he could bring change from the inside out in us in you and me, that we would seek God for that purpose. I think it would be very healthy for us if we looked upon government as being this tool of God. Because when we do, instead of resisting these things, we can embrace this concept and grow quicker. How many of you want to get out of the muck that we're in quicker? I am sick and tired of things I'm sick and tired about. I want to grow. I want to grow quick. I, you know, I talk with people on a regular basis about issues and things like that. And they so, they so much want to like, okay, I get it. See you later. Thanks so much. But the reality is, is, you know, there's a lot more to go in the process. And God wants us to process this. He wants us to take it to the next level so that it changes us from the inside out. 
and that we are healed. That's what he cares about. We are healed and delivered. Healed and delivered. You know, uh, I broke the law of, of uh, automobiles when I was younger. And, uh, well, this is another way. Why am I talking about cars so much today? I don't know. But I, I borrowed my sister's Volkswagen when I moved from New York to Los Angeles as an actor. And I had no car because in New York, you're crazy if you have a car. And so I borrowed my sister's car. And I'm, uh, it's a cool old red Volkswagen. I'm driving it around on the freeway on the 405. And it just kind of goes, and it just stops. It just stops. And I get out, and I look, and, and then I get back in, and I try to start it. Nothing. It is like totally dead. I broke the law of oil changes that day. And I forgot about oil because I was in New York for quite a few years. I forgot you had to actually maintain, make sure there's oil in there. And so it seized up, and that was it. It was over. And back then, I just kind of left that car on the freeway and let somebody else deal with it. I don't recommend you do that, but that's what I did. How many of us have areas in our lives right now that are just seizing up because we are not following God? We are not following his authority. The struggles that we face, the pain that is in our life, You know, he is the Lord of Lords. And, and so the minute we go outside of that authority and we start living in our own authority, things start seizing up. And what does the scripture say? We've read it. Judgment happens. Judgment. So my car became like the most expensive, you know, um, paperweight that you could ever have, <laughs> you know, because of that. It, things seize up when we get out of God's authority. So today I want to ask you, what areas are seizing up in your life? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to know that if these things are seizing up, that you could go back to the source and know that once you surrender to, your, uh, to the true authority in your life, to the a true authority in the universe, in all creation, that you could be forgiven and now walk in peace. Just want to close with this. Why don't you guys stand up? Revelation 11.15 says this. I don't think we have it on the screen. Do we? No. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Today, I want to encourage you. That word kingdom, it's government. 
The government of this world has become the government of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Today is a day to stop resisting. When we celebrate freedom on July 4th like this, there's a freedom that you might think is like, freedom, I can do whatever I want. Or there is the freedom that the Bible talks about. And it's, kind of, it's a funny phrase. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That is a different freedom. It is a different freedom than doing whatever you want without impunity or as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. This is a freedom of living the way we were created to live by the one who is so good, he imagined a life for you and for me that is beyond what we could have ever imagined for ourselves. That is what he has. And so I want to invite you, and we're going to invite you in just a minute to, to just raise your hand if this is you today. Raise your hand if you want to surrender to God and stop living under your own authority, which is just causing your life to seize up. And maybe this is the first time you've heard that you could surrender to a God who loves you this much who died for you on the cross so that the judgment that we talked about today can now be forgiven. Your debt is paid. The tickets, the speeding tickets are paid. The IRS is paid. Whatever it is that you need to be forgiven is paid by the grace, the unmerited favor and forgiveness of God. Let's pray. Lord God, right now, we just come before you. We ask God, we, we just realize that it's so easy to get out and do our own thing. And then to find ourselves rebelling against the only one who loves us with this type of love the only one who loves us and has the power to carry it out is you. And so we want to surrender to you right now. Please, God, we surrender. Just raise your hand if you want to surrender to the Lord right now. He is so good. Amen. He is so good. Surrendering to God is the safest choice you can make. The safest thing that you could do in this very unsafe world is surrendering to the God who loved you and died on the cross, taking all your sins, all your guilt upon himself that you could have relationship with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to give opportunity. If there's anyone here, this is, you, you want to surrender to him for your first time. You want to say, yes, Jesus. I want to give you 
all the authority in my life, that I could experience your life, your love, your peace, your plan, your purpose, your grace in my life, your forgiveness. Raise your hand if that's you. Is there anyone here you want to just surrender to Jesus, Lord and Savior? You want to say, Jesus, I want you to be the authority in my life. I want you to be the leader in my life. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Give you that opportunity right now. Right now. How wonderful it is to give to him that which he is owed. All glory and honor and power. Hallelujah. Well, there's several people that raised their hands and we are we're celebrating with you that you're surrendering to the Lord right now. All of us are. We are with you. And so what I'd like to do is just uh, repeat a prayer and ask you, uh, those of you that raised your hands, but also we're going to do this with you as a church because we're, we're partnering with you in this decision. We love you and we agree not only with you, but also that we need this. Amen? Amen. So just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, I bow my heart before you and I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and heal me from the things that have seized my heart. I ask that you would lead my life now knowing that there is no one else in all creation that loves me like this, I surrender to you, my Lord, my leader, the forgiver of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah, Lord. Now let's go in the true freedom of Christ today. Amen. And this week, there is a lot of people that need to know about that freedom, all right? We live in a country that talks about freedom, but does not live in freedom. Let's speak about freedom to people this week, amen? God bless you. Have a great day, and you're welcome to come to the potluck. It's out in the backyard.